You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, Episode 4. Woohoo! Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. Four weeks, four episodes. I never thought it was possible, but we did it. <laughs> I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. David Price. And Jason Wood. Yes, and like, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I hate to edit now. <laughs> maybe, maybe I won't edit. Maybe I just leave that in. Fuck. Let we it need, go. We need the explicit tag anyway. Just let it go. And we're back again. <laughs> It's it's just amazing how we're, I have a case we're, of the giggles. <laughs> after a shitty day, I was looking forward to this, and here we are talking about what we love, and that is comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this would be like three months worth of of Bolt and Bolton's content. <laughs> I like how it happens when he yeah. says that word, when he says that phrase, when those two words go together. That's oh my what god! Happens. That's awesome. What do you mean? <laughs> three months? You're talking about oh, at geez. least six months? Because when we when we ended, we were doing it for what about a year and a half? No, it was a it was a year. It was, was a, year? a year, and we were at what like thirty two, thirty three episodes. Thirty three episodes, one Incredible Hulk promo, and I think something. and and the return. Yeah, yeah, and the return. And thing. but but if you played them all end to end, it would probably last you a year. Oh yeah, long. Mm-hmm. Long. That's why we're trying to deliver you the bite-sized comic knowledge, little easily digestible chunks for your asses. Well, so I'm happy because uh, I'm now batting 500. So yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. doing all right, and and they it, seem they seem to like you a little bit on the forum. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's that's because they don't know me yet. Ah. And speaking of the forum, it's, it's the porn. I think is what it is. Porn always goes over well. Yeah, that's right. I'm ingratiating myself with them by posting Dude, porn. Would. <laughs> speaking of the forum, we've landed back at our old digs, bullpenboltonspodcast.com. dot com, and we would love for you to join us. It is jumping the past week. I think there's been more activity on this forum than there was in the first incarnation of it. There's just people coming from everywhere. It's really cool. And not the least of which, I don't know about you guys, but I am like tickled pink that Dave Windorf has decided to start posting on our forum. Yeah. Dave is such good people. I'm going to put on my Chris Neesman hat just for a second. I was talking to to <laughs> Dave, Dave Windorf on the phone uh-huh. for, for like two hours, dude, like two hours. <laughs> With Windorf on the phone. It was awesome. And I felt like I was talking to like somebody I knew forever. Dave is so cool. He's good people. He is. He's good people. How, how, how does that how does that smelly old St. Louis Browns hat feel on you? Does it fit all right? I love it. If I could ever step in your shoes, it would be definitely an upgrade for me. So that's just how I look at it. 
Why is it that half? Why is it that half the guys on the forum are named Dave? There's backwards Dave, L Dave, Dave Windorf, Dave Dave Price, Dave Wachter. Yeah, it's a popular name. It's crazy talk. It's a brand of intelligence. That's what. Where are the other? Well, in all cases, but one. So. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, here we are to talk about comics, and uh, what have we read? Anybody read anything good this week? Uh, I read lots of good stuff. So you said. What, what, what were some of the things you read? Uh, let's see. I probably the thing I liked the most was, or I guess the thing I'm most intrigued by would be the first issue of House of Mystery. Ooh, I didn't Doug get that, that yet. Yeah, or really. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, that Luca Rossi. There, there's two artists. I guess there's Luca Rossi, who's the main artist, and then the uh, the four page story that's written by Willingham was done by. Um, Someone else that escapes me now, but Luca Rossi can draw his ass off. I I wasn't familiar with him. I don't know if he's done other stuff that you guys know, but uh, I'll tell you, it was like he's like the love child of Mark Buckingham and Mike Mignola. It's it was beautiful stuff. So if mm-hmm. if he keeps that up, I'm gonna like that book a lot. Wow. So have you either any of you guys read it? Maybe maybe my maybe my favorite book this year so far. Wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I I really liked it. It's it's in between that and Lock and Key right now for mm-hmm. just really just flat out enjoyable reads. It was a it was the top of the stack of mine. I think whenever we were out in Seattle, and I actually had a chance to talk to um, to Billingham about it as we were coming on the show, and and I think he's having yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> with it. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I I told him uh, I told him how much I loved the. Uh, um, the uh, the sex uh, scene with the with the uh, uh, man sized flies and yeah no kidding it. yeah yeah he was he was very proud of that so well <laughs> now I have a question because I'm I, I'm not a long a long time DC guy how does this compare if at all to the old um, House of Secrets and House of Mystery stuff that Vertigo put out. And by silence, I'll take it to mean it doesn't at all. No, or? No, that that cor- that question is directed to Chris because. Oh, oh, I'm. Sorry. Yeah, well, no, because uh, I have purchased the House of Mystery, but I just haven't received it yet. That's the one drawback of ordering my stuff from DCBS. It doesn't come out. Um, oh. You don't you don't get it until your yeah, shipping your shipping schedule kicks in. Oh. So. I, I have not read the House of Mystery showcases. This is something. Okay. This is where this is where Tom Caters should be here um, because he has read those. Now, my only uh, experience or, or exposure to House of Mystery it was from Sandman and Neil Gaiman's Sandman. So uh, mm-hmm. they're some of the same characters that uh, you know the brothers um, Abel. and Abel mm-hmm. at the beginning. And they they were. Kind of the the kickoff characters for for Game and Sandman, weren't they? Aren't those? I haven't read those, Sandman. Yeah, I think those, I, those might be the first two characters that you meet in uh, in Sandman. So, a real similar feel, you know, kicking it off. Um, you know, I've I've heard that the uh, that the old House of Mystery were great, and the, that the show can yeah. really hold up pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I need to, I need to go back and, and check those out. But this does have a nice modern um, uh, spin on it. You know, it, it kind of feels like a, um, kind of like a, a modern Tales from the Dark Side feel to it, right. I guess. You know, just kind of that, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of fun, bizarre stories um, 
you know, from everything that's happening in in the in the bar as, as this thing goes forward. So, no, I, I have I, I'm right there with you, Wood. I, I love the issue. It was one of my favorites I've read this year. Well, Wood, if you've ever read an EC comic, Tales mm-hmm. from the Crypt, uh, Vault of Horror, that's pretty much what the old House of Mystery and House okay. of Secrets was. But instead of the Crypt Keeper introducing the story, you may have had a two-page framing sequence where Kane would be, you know, next to the house or with Gregory the the gargoyle, and mm-hmm. just just to set up the the first story, and then he'd appear towards the end. Three okay. to three to four stories per issue, roughly. Great stuff. Some of the best artists of the seventies and and eighties uh, appeared in in House of Mystery and Secrets. Just incredible array of talent. Most of the Filipino guys made their way into those books Mm -hmm. so i i I guess the one complaint i've heard from people that um i guess have some history is is and i love the issue but i guess some people were a little disappointed that the the um i guess the horror story component which was the the fly scene that chris alluded to Mm -hmm. was only i think four pages of the book but i mean i kind of took that as being a one-time thing because they obviously had to set up and frame oh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a setup issue. So yeah. you know, I I thought the I thought the book was paced very well. I thought that 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 story gave you a, a definite uh, a definite feel for what was gonna gonna be happening in mm-hmm. future issues. So no, I I thought it was that that's one of the things I loved about that was that it was a short story. And yeah, I, I agree. How it I was agree. paced. What I loved about that more than anything was that that showed that showed how that story works in comics better than any other medium that you could have presented it in. Uh, Just in the fact that it was uh, a fairly innocent story from the dialogue and from the, the the narration, but you couple it with the absolutely just bizarre imagery and, and what's going on in the story and the way that those two things were layered that works in comics and it doesn't work anywhere else. And that, you know, I, I love that they use the medium at a, at its fullest there, and that that's what impressed me about the book more than anything. All right, I have a question from someone who did not read it. Was the story a done in one, or is there things left hanging at the end of it? Uh, well, no. It, I mean, it sets up essentially. I guess it either establishes for me, or if you are familiar, it reestablishes the house of mystery, um, and, and that there are people inside of a you know, the bar and their job is to tell stories to earn their keep. And I guess it kind of, the, the first story we see is for someone that's new to the bar and they, you know, they welcome her and then someone else shows up at the end and they're like, okay, you know, first one's on the house. And so it just kind of alludes to the fact that we're going to be hearing stories of these people. Okay. And, and there's a lot of questions left unanswered, you know, what is the house of mystery? How did it get relocated? Apparently right. it's going to relocate. Um, so- you know, so they we, also show you one of the people leaving the House of Mystery with the gatekeeper mm-hmm. comes for them, and you have no idea, you know, where they're going. Are they going to hell, to heaven, purgatory? You just don't know. Uh, you know, is, so you're left to say, how how do they leave the house? How long do they have to be there? You know, it's just just so. I mean, I presume over the course of the if the series is is successful enough, I presume over the course of a while we'll, we'll get some of those answers, but probably yeah. not right away. I, I, but the story they told was complete in the issue. Oh not, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that's incredibly well, difficult to do. I, I think that I think that each I think that each issue is going to have a self-contained story, which will be from you know a story from someone in the bar. But I think there's there's going to be an overarching 
um, you know, kind of you know, mythology that will run through it as as the House of Mystery. We start to learn more about right. it. So yeah, cool. I think it's kind of best of both worlds. Well, that's exactly what we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, I'll tell you. Speaking of seventies era goodness, um, how about we talk a little bit about the the Dean Colon and some of the stuff that's going on with him. All right, how about we back it up a little bit to House of Mystery just for one second? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> no, be, because that a book like this has intrinsic value to it that something like, and I'm not picking on you, David, but something like New Avengers where it takes forever to get from point A to point B. If you could tell a story in, all right, say 22-page comic, give four to the framing sequence. If you could tell a, a complete story in that amount of pages – that adds value to the book. You're, you're, you're selling a book for roughly two ninety nine, and they're getting a, a complete tale and something else to keep them reading, whereas you can be buying a superhero book for eight, ten issues and still okay. not, not get right. to it. Well, no, I'm not. I, no, no, no. I know, I know what you said, and I'm, not, and I'm not taking offense to that because right. we're finally, I mean, and, and I'm not, well, people can listen to Marvel Noise next week to find that out, but that's why I've been basically going gaga over Jeff Parker because a lot mm-hmm. of his stories are done in one X-Men first class, the Marvel adventures line. They may not be for, you know, the over 18 crowd, or they may not be anything on par to house of mystery as far as the, the mature content or what is inside, but you're getting, you're getting uh, a complete and, and in this regard, it is a superhero tale, but in, in X-Men First Class, he'll occasionally do a spotlight on one, one character, one out of the five. Or you'll get a team book. And in Marvel Adventures, The Avengers, you're going to get Captain America, Spider-Man, Storm, Wolverine, Ant-Man, Giant Girl, and he's got to do a 22-page story with these characters. And, and they're done in one. I, there was in the one that came out this week, I think it was issue 24, it was... Spider-Man refers to a character that had to do that uh, that was involved in the Modoc story from earlier in the series, and uh, I believe I believe the henchman's name was Carl, and one other previous instant. But uh, it, without that one throwback, and there wasn't even an editor's note telling you you know where you could find out this storyline. But aside from that callback to an earlier adventure this was this was a done in one this was a complete story that you didn't need to know anything about beforehand and it's i'd be very surprised if anything carries on into future issues so it i i I do hear what you're saying yes i i do miss the days of a done in one and even even a crazy story that goes on in its own world like house of mystery too right that i i miss those i but i think that's why that may, and I, well, I don't even want to guess, but that may be why Ed Brubaker kind of is revamping Criminal, because I believe Volume 2 has been done in one issues, right? Mm, it, start, it started with a, uh, with kind of an interlude issue, okay. and and now it's going into more of a uh, a, a true story arc, but uh, oh, okay. I think I think he I think he's revamping that for a couple of different reasons. Um, yeah, it's kind of the BPRD model. It's it's more number one issues and number one issues sell very well, and I think that that will help keep that keep that title uh, up and running. That that that's my guess. See, books like House of Ish- 
uh, House of Mystery. <laughs> Books like House of Mystery and and titles of that ilk, the the self contained, done done in one. Jonah Hex is another great example. There's sure. there's nothing extraneous. Uh, uh, there's no fat at all. Books like that are really a test of a writer's metal. Yeah, and, no, and, but, but and not am, everybody can hack it. Yeah, but I, I am excited that House of Mystery does seem like it's going to have. Um, it's going to have an overlapping story arc. There, there are going to be things that will contribute to a larger story, but I think it's going to focus on on individual stories to uh, to frame that around. You know, yeah. and I, I think those subplots are kind of like a payoff to to the people sticking with it, Jeez. to those that you know, so that if they do, if they buy it every month, then when they get to that eighth issue, and they're like, oh crap. This is referring back to something in the first two issues. Then that's it's it's somewhat rewarding, and it 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 makes them feel good about spending the money every month, and and they don't feel like they're just getting just a bunch of done in one stories that could be put into an anthology book, and and now here's here's the payoff. That was the, yeah, I mean, the strength of of the X Files is that you had those mm-hmm. great monster of the week episodes, but then you had the the uh, the stories that contributed to the larger storyline, and which was which were go. completely botched by the end of the last season. Well, that's but, true. Yeah, yeah, we, we won't go there. But yeah, I'm even more excited to get my House of Mystery now. Oh, we lost David. Let's get it's, him back. It's because it's because you were you were knocking on Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> you went right at him. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to quit doing that. Yay, Skype! Stop trades today. He's back. There is. Oh. Hey guys, before we uh um, we go on and talk about, uh, I know that I know that Wood wanted to talk about something real important, but staying on the uh, on the horror um, front, did you see uh, what Dark Horse is putting out? The uh, the creepy. Yeah, we talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Did yeah. we? Yeah. Yes. I talked about comics too much. Go yeah. ahead and pick that up. <laughs> it, oh, but that reminds me, though, uh, mm-hmm. because you guys recommended Triple X Zombies to me last week. Oh. So <laughs> I uh, I rolled over to Midtown yesterday to hopefully pick up the issues, and they didn't have one, two, or three in stock, which bummed me out. So mm-hmm. I did buy four, but I didn't read it because oh, don't. I don't want to read it out of order. Yeah, don't but, do that. Uh, if Hopefully that's a, this weekend, I'll get that one That's a very good sign that they didn't have. Oh, them. yeah. Well, that's you're right and wrong. I mean, Midtown is pretty pretty bad when it comes to back issues that aren't. You know, they, if if it sells out, they don't. You know, they're not much of a back issue place. But um, but yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm in, I'm psyched. I'm going to hopefully pick up the other three from a local place this weekend and uh, and give it a read. How about that power? Because Dave Wachter picked them up too. Yeah, so well, well, he picked up two and three, and then had, they didn't have one. Yeah, he picked up four too. But I mean, oh, cool. okay. if if we're spreading the word about good books, that's hey, money in the bank. Mm-hmm. I almost feel guilty about spreading the word about trick coffee, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they're going to get to the last issue and like, oh man, why did I? You buy mean it? I shouldn't I shouldn't read it to my sons for bedtime oh, stories no, tomorrow night? No, unless you want them to be scarred for life, then yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that that's that's good nun suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I read something before somebody else takes it. I'm going to get this out of, off my chest because I was really surprised about the DeBell Brothers books. Because to be to be honest with you, when David and I were doing the bullpen <laughs> and, and we had to plow through some of the DeBell stuff, 
aside from Miguel Montenegro's work on um, what the hell was the name of that book? Was it the Alvin Maker book? Uh, yes, Alvin Maker okay. and Salesman the Prophet. the Orson Scott Card uh, Worms books, which were were kind of neat. I didn't really see a whole lot in the DeBell line that attracted my attention. It, it was okay. They I were, need a blink. They were passable. No, I, I just that did not do anything for me. But I just read the second issue of Jim Butcher's Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. Really impressive book. Is it? Uh, I mean, I haven't read it, but I, is it fair to compare it to something like an X Files? Um. Yes and no. He's the the title character who goes by the name of Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden. Nice. Okay. A little bit heavy handed. I mean, well, well, yeah. Why don't you just call him Harry Blackstone Copperfield Strange Warlock? Uh, Harkness, Dresden, Constantine. You know what I mean? Let's get as many magician names as we can in there. But he he's a magician. A very special magician who is sometimes called upon by the Chicago Police Department to solve the cases that they can't solve. Okay. So it's very much in the Hellblazer um, gravel tradition where you have this, quote, combat magician that can not only solve crimes but he can protect himself he's he he knows how to go on the offensive and unlike constantine thank god and unlike gravel he's not a cynical bastard he's somewhat likable and it all, does it all take place in chicago it sure does in in the first issue there uh occurred a murder at a at a zoo and it was of very strange circumstance. So they bring him in and he does a little bit snooping around. But by the second issue, he finds out that there's something going on higher of a, of a, of a higher power. There's another magician who's trying to conduct this ascension, right? And become even more powerful than she already is almost to the point where she's unbeatable. So he's got to a find out who it is and uh, B solve the murders all of which are being pinned on this poor gorilla named mo (laughs) and i did not make that up but there's some real neat occult trappings to the book he has a sort of a sidekick that is a spirit that resides in a skull in his apartment and he consults the skull for information because it's it's a very intelligent spirit and to quote one part from the book um, Bob is a spirit of intellect. He's been working with wizards for centuries. I'd say that he's forgotten more about magic than I've ever learned, except that he hasn't forgotten anything ever. The writing's really good. It's there are parts that are kind of cliched. He comes into the apartment and in uh, in order to light the candles, he uh, says "flickumbicus," like a little bit on the Harry Potter side, but. That's kind of hot now, so I can't really blame Butcher for using stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, all in all, it's a really attractive, easy, on the eye, um, very readable book. The dialogue's real crisp, very nice. It's believable. And, like, I need to be uh, sold. Um, a, a, a book about a magician as the main character is not a hard sell for me. I would have picked it up regardless, but this uh, proved to be very enjoyable. I would recommend this book to anybody who likes Hellblazer 
or gravel without the cynicism of the the Ellis characters. That's what I think. That's another thing I like about this. The character is not a bastard. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, after two hundred and seventy whatever issues of Hellblazer, and Ellis seems to be stuck in the I can't write a nice character mode. Every one of his characters is a dick, or you know he's got this Achilles heel. This, yeah, this, you, you write what you know. Yeah, I, I, I guess. But Dresden is a very likable guy, and he makes mistakes and sometimes does not choose the best path for where he's trying to go, which is he's human. And I, I like this book a lot. I really do. And I really like wild cards, too, but we'll get into that some other time. So it, it, if you're on the fence about any of the DeBell books, just pick up the first issues. You'll love them. Wild cards, again, was especially um, surprising how good that book was. So they're they're two for two with me. Sweet, well done. Yeah, this issue was three ninety nine. Just uh, so you know who did it. It was written by Jim Butcher. So I did a little bit of investigating at the local borders. It turns out that Jim Butcher has been writing this Dresden character for quite a while. In novel form, you mean? yes, in novel form. Mm-hmm. There's about uh, seven to nine paperback uh, adventures with this character. So. He's this character has been put through his paces. He knows the character. This is not the first instance where he's writing him. So all the trial and error is is past. He's he's hitting the ground running with this. Did anybody watch the TV show? There was a TV show. No. Yeah. Get yeah. out. I didn't know there was uh, one. Sh- Short lived. Uh, I want to say like six episodes, maybe. Any good? Hmm. Um, I I didn't watch it. So. Um, hmm. And I know that Sal has been uh, has been reading some of the. I think he may have read the first one or two of the Dresden Files. He's actually, um, as far as like those crossover novel to comic writers, um, he's really liking uh, Charlie Houston's Joe Pitt stuff. Cool. Oh, I didn't think it's going to yeah. be better than Moon Knight. Yeah, he he really likes the he really likes Houston's novel stuff, it's, it's, mm-hmm. and and even yeah, I've I've have heard that that the Joe Pitt I've picked them up a couple of times, and if if when we're at Barnes and Noble, and I'll flip through them, and either I don't like the way that the book has been dog-eared or banged up, or if that's the only thing I'd be leaving with, and Renee's not getting anything, I'll usually put it back. But it is on my want to check out list <laughs> that's another one of the reasons why i did read many comics this week a novel i've been reading the horace rising uh the first book in the horace heresy from the black library the warhammer stuff oh my mm-hmm. god written by dan abnett who oh, uh, really yes who we oh. should all we all should be familiar with that name of the abnett and lanning fame this guy writes war stories like nobody's business i love dna oh yep and you, you, if anyone's familiar with the Warhammer stuff, it's all combat. It's all the <laughs> the Empire of Man just spreading out across the galaxy. If they come across your planet and you don't bow down to the Emperor, they will conquer your ass and, and just you know overcome your planet and you're part of the Empire now. Just incredible battles. The guy, the way this guy writes, it's you. You can feel the 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 urgency of the bat well that that's neither here nor there i'm getting carried away but this uh dresden files was written by jim butcher of course penciled by an ink penciled by ardian cf s-y-a-f never heard of him before he's a cross mm-hmm. between michael golden and a little bit of jim calafiori in there and uh maybe a little kelly jones here and there it's really sharp there's nothing not to like about it 
It does the job. Let's just put it. it that is way. this a Vince? Is this a miniseries or is it ongoing? Yes, it's a six-part miniseries. It's mm-hmm. uh, entitled. No, I'm. You know, it's a four-part miniseries. It's uh, called Welcome to the Jungle. Get it with the zoo and the blah blah blah. But anyway, uh, inks by Rick Ketchum, Nick Nix, <laughs> and David Riviera. So it's okay. good. It's good. Pick it up. You will not be. Um, it's three ninety nine. Well spent. Did any of you guys read uh, Jay Faber's new book, Gemini? Just came out. No, Gemini. No, no. no. I picked up the uh, the Dynamo Five annual. I haven't picked up Gemini yet. Yeah, I, I I haven't. I have the Dynamo Five as well. I haven't read that though. But I did read Gemini. Um, it's uh, that? what's that? Who published that? It's an Image. Oh, it's yeah. um, yeah. it's uh, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's I don't know. It's a, either one and four, or one and six. I think it's um. It's you know it's written by Jay Faber who as we talked about last week I'm a fan of um, so that's really why I picked it up. It's interesting. The art is by a guy named John Somariva. I'm probably butchering his name, but he pencils and inks it, um, and it's very very stylized. It's kind of like uh, Todd Nock on on steroids, you know. So it's very very cartoony. Um, it was okay because I think if it was characters that I already really had a, a sense for it would have really put me off but since you know it's completely new characters and you know it, it's not as off-putting but i do think it's probably such a stylized you know way of of illustrating that it, it, it's probably not going to be for everybody um for me it was fine um the story was interesting it was i wouldn't say it was groundbreaking stuff but the i i, I won't give it away because i don't want to spoil but the the last page of the first issue makes it you know it was probably like a c plus until that last page and it kind of jumped up to a you know, a solid B plus A minus to the point where, well, you know, I was reading the book and thinking, okay, you know, it's fine. I, I don't know if I'll spend the hell on the last page. <laughs> it was. Well, just because yeah, it, it, you know, it, it seemed like a very conventional, um, you know, kind of generic superhero tale. And then that last page kind of makes you think, oh, wait a minute, maybe there's something more here. So, cool. um, you know, I'm curious to see how the rest of it plays out. I mean, Fairbrother's, you know, I, I, so far so good in everything else he's done. In fact, I just, uh, I just ordered the, uh, the Noble Causes, um, that that trade, the black and white trade that collects all those issues. So I'm looking forward to reading that. But uh, yeah, so so far, I mean, I, again, I, I wouldn't say I'd give it two thumbs up, but you know, it's if you're into you know non Marvel, non DC superhero stuff, it's it's at least worth giving that first issue a try. Yeah, Bay, I'm the- Bay writes really really entertaining comics. It's yeah, yeah, he's he's good at it. I'm the biggest image proponent, probably of the four of us, mm-hmm. and I like to take a wait and see approach to their miniseries. Because mm-hmm. for every really sharp miniseries they publish, there's always maybe one or two that, eh, you know, not so hot or I'll wait for the trade. But it's it's a hard call with Image these days because mm-hmm. they're, they're publishing that. so many books. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They, uh, I made that mistake with, I think it was Samurai Detective and Sam Noir. Yeah. Sam Noir. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I, I, I got the first three issues of the first I got the first mini series which was three issues and that was definitely something I could have waited on yeah. but, right um, right then, then you go ahead and uh, which I thought were just a bunch of mini series I, I mean is it an ongoing or, or have they been mini series as well um, bomb queen mini series mini series because okay. the fifth the fifth one's just starting right it just okay yeah speaking of bomb, bomb queen not, and huge thanks yeah to, uh, to equinox to mr. Chris Chavez for uh for sending that trade. Yep. He got a 
a duplicate copy from somewhere and he just gave it away on our forum and David and I were lucky enough to be there. <laughs> so I'm going to read it and turn around and send it to David. Oh, Very cool. That's, that's, that's another one of those foul books. <laughs> really nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were mentioning the uh, the noble causes that like uh, it's basically an omnibus. I don't know. Yeah, the archives, right? Yeah, yeah, the archives. Yeah. Um, Tom and Sal just finished reading that, and I, I had read um, um, I had read all of them back in gosh, like November, December of last year. I tore through a bunch of of uh, the noble causes trades, and so now we're all just like you know a bunch of like you know college. You know, girls talking about soap operas now. It's like, oh, and, oh, poor Rusty, and blah blah blah. And so, it's uh, noble cause is, is a lot of fun. I'm gonna have to read that then. I got it sitting I, on the stack here. Yeah, I, I read the um, mm -hmm. a buddy of mine. Just he, when I told him that I need to start that that I really need to not because of this. I had there are other things I have to now look into again and. Uh, See, it, it was confusing because of the way it. Um, I, I don't know if it was the first, if it was the first miniseries, if it was their first appearance. It was, oh damn! It was it, it was the uh, the miniseries that the first issue opened with uh, with race marrying the uh, marrying the blonde chick. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it was at their first appearance or was that their just their first mini? I because I mean you're 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 thrown right into there. Mm -hmm into their lives, so I don't know where they came from before that. But I I read the first four, or I read those four issues, and I like them. What are you giggling about? You guys are you guys are quacking like ducks, man. I don't hear it when I say it. Okay, all right. So you only hear it when someone else Yeah, says it's it. awesome. Go keep, keep, keep talking. Keep going, keep going, keep quacking. No, nah, but uh, so where did these guys come from? Was Noble Causes, number one, the first appearance of this group, or did they yeah, come from somewhere yeah. else? Yeah, it was the first appearance, uh, as far as I know, but they all exist in the Invincible universe. Or yeah, like the, the Kirk universe. Avid, yeah, the, which, you know, I, I think it, it's great that, that – People call it that, but it's. Uh, I was thinking. Isn't it really, really like the Savage more, Dragon? It's, savage, it's the Savage yeah. Dragon. You know, so the Larson verse, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Larson verse. Props but, to Larson. Can yeah, it still exactly. be the Larson verse when Savage Dragon comes out once a year, though? Or? Stop it. It's savage yeah. Dragon. If the guy's a publisher, it can be but, his universe. The character still enough, makes, he makes cameos, and he actually, I think, makes a cameo in this latest Dynamo 5. Uh, annual, which is really fun because it takes a story from an old noble causes, either annual or special, and it shows the other side of of a storyline that was presented in a noble causes issue from the perspective of Captain Dynamo. Oh, I love oh, when they I love when they do that. That's yeah, very yeah. And, and it and it, re it repurposed one of my favorite two page spreads that that showed up in uh, in Noble Causes of this great you know big big gargantuan creature that all of the heroes in the in the the Invincible Verse or whatever we're calling it these days are fighting. Mm -hmm. And so it picks up on just on the other side of that story from another perspective. A lot of fun. Cool. Chris, did you say one of your favorite two-legged spreads? Is that <laughs> right? Oh, two two page spreads with like oh, quack in there. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Just, for some reason, two-legged spread would have been a better story. But. That, that's a Chris Chavez bit yeah. right there. Uh, that's, a great, that's a great other segue to the form. Yeah. But Invincible is going to show up in um, Savage Dragon. 
Or is it the other way around? Savage Dragon's going to show up Invincible very soon. The the two books are going to cross over again. Oh, they're they're using they're using Invincible like Spider Man, you know, back in the day. <laughs> well, and, they should. They, yeah, whenever they want a little a little sales bump, man, just throw Invincible on the cover and uh, um, and let it go. It's like that the Adam Eve little uh, little two issue mini that sure. they put out. Mm-hmm. I don't think Invincible actually appeared in that book. No, nope. but he's oh, on really? the cover for both. Of, yeah, I don't think he. He did. That was all about Eve. It was a really good, a really good two-part story, by the way. Which makes her seem a lot more important to the the uh, Invincible universe than we originally thought. I haven't read it because I uh, I'm reading Invincible in the um, the deluxe hardcovers. Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty behind. I'm waiting for that third one or fourth you, one to be can, solicited. You can pick up the the Adam Eve mini as long as you're mm-hmm. familiar with who Eve is as a character, mm-hmm. right. and it's basically just her origin story. It's her oh, okay. story, okay. so so you can read it at any time. Cool. cool. I can't wait for the the uh, hardcovers for Invincible. I have to read that monthly or whenever it comes out. Well, you know, for me, I, I missed the boat on Invincible for so long. I think it was probably what issue. 45 or so I'd come out and I hadn't read an issue so I uh, I picked up the uh, first hardcover at one of the wild pig sales you know that, mm-hmm. that happened in Jersey one of those 50% off sales and uh, just I was like well what do I have to lose and I loved it so then I went and I ordered the second and third hardcovers and read them back to back now I'm dying because you know it, it's been a while now and I I, I still haven't seen the fourth one solicited so Ryan Otley is a god mm-hmm. I've only read the uh, I only read the first five trades and that's thanks to Mr. Tom Caters, who uh, who slapped him in my hand last year in Chicago, and nice. uh, I I started to read it on the actually no I I was going to read it on the plane ride home after uh, saying hello to Paul Levitz and giving him our old business card and uh, <laughs> and and I I sat down but the woman next to me I she wasn't svelte and I I didn't have much room. And so I, I had to put those trades away. And even though it's a hell of a lot thicker, it's smaller. It, it has a smaller form factor. So I was able, I, I read um, Box Office Poison instead. And I just read mm-hmm. that straight through for like two days. And, and I didn't put that down until I was done. So it was it was a good choice as, as far as an alternative. But yeah, I, I, as soon as I was able to, I read the five Invincible trades. And that's all I've read. And I, I need to read more and and I I did enjoy it a lot. Yeah, great book. Yeah, I, I read it. I read it in trade. You know, you're talking Vince that you have to read it in singles. That's how I am with with Walking Dead. I have to get it monthly. <laughs> and uh, I think did Fifty come out uh, this week? I haven't gone to the shop yet. Yeah, week. it did. I I read that in trade too. So I'm de- I'm desperate for that next trade to come in. Now, are they are they going to do the second deluxe hardcover for that? I assume. It, but, okay, is that is that kind of why they why they you know it seemed like they did that the first time around? It's like the to get to issue twenty four, they they released like four issues in six weeks or something. It, right. Is what it felt like, and, and I it seems like they've been on that accelerated schedule again this time. So I'm hoping that they they come out with that second deluxe hardcover. Speaking mm. of a set, uh, accelerated schedules, have you guys checked the diamond list for next week? Uh. uh no. no, Batman six seventy seven's coming out. I, really, I find that really hard to believe. Yeah, it's on the list. Mm, let's see, they're doing that multiple multiple um, title crossover. So, you know, you got to hit those things at the right times because that's crossing over into Robin and Detective and 
bunch of everything else. So. But I, see, I was informed today, well, yesterday, since we're not recording on Wednesday, that uh, by the, the, the owner of the local comic shop that the, the main story, I don't know how true this is, but the main storyline will only appear in Batman and I guess maybe Detective and the Robin, Nightwing, uh, Outsiders crossovers are just going to be... Um, tied into the story but not mm -hmm. important to the point where you have to read them to get the whole gist of the thing you know that brings up i mean you're bringing up a point that we could probably have a, a whole episode on i mean you know because we're in this wordless era of crossovers and you hear that all the time about you know and he, pretty much you know didio says is saying the same thing about final crisis and um and, and you know i just think for each one you can't really know if that's true until after the fact unfortunately right you know because you can only look back on it and say did i miss something in the in the reading right i mean because theoretically civil war was all self-contained but there's no way you could have gotten <laughs> no. everything from that book by reading those seven issues right. which right? is the benefit of going to the comic shop every week mm -hmm. it, it, that's true if, if you don't pre-order your books and you just check them out when they arrive something like batman detective Maybe not Robin, but uh, maybe the Outsiders. They're going to have enough of them right. on hand where you can dip into the pile without pre-ordering it. So that's that's a good thing. But if you order your books from DCBS, you're you're and other online retailers, you're basically forced to get the whole thing before you even see it. So right. it's a danger. Well, I mean, in the case of let's take Secret Invasion, right? I mean, now to Marvel's credit, Please. I have not heard them. Well, <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to say that. I have not heard them to their credit say that Secret Invasion only needs to be read i mean so they i don't i don't know that they've actually come out and said it's self-contained but certainly just from reading secret invasion one and two and then new avengers and mighty avengers it is not a story that's self-contained if, if no, you're not I at least it's, uh, i think it's yeah. actually incomprehensible no matter how you read it oh boy mm. you know what i was thinking today I, and i was i posted Ouch. something to the forum that i knew would get a rise out of david but he didn't take the bait, unfortunately. The the whole Super Scroll amalgamated X-Men thing with the Wolverine claws and the Cyclops visor and the You did that last night. Yeah, well, he, my timeline screwed up. And and the <laughs> and the Colossus arms. I think that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I nailed it. I'm thinking what what does this remind me of? Secret Invasion so far and I haven't really read anything other than the two issues of secret invasion and a, a big chunk of civil war towards the end reminds me of a what if story gone horribly bad <laughs> they, they remind me of like what if there was a scroll that had the power of all the x-men wouldn't that be cool it's just like when i saw that wolverine thing i was like jesus is there nothing they could come up with but that i think you guys thing? are haters no you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not here. i'm not a hater I'll, I'll heap some. I'll heap some praise. The Captain Britain MI thirteen was really good. Well, that's Paul. Um, Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell, yeah. the guy is yeah. a great writer. And and, and, and Kirk. Yes. Yeah, well, what I love, Vince. You know, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a silly super scroll, which is you know an amalgamation of of, of a team, they had a Defender scroll. Oh God. They did. And they had Baron Blood as a scroll. It was it was a great issue. It really was. And it was a lot, it was just, a lot of fun. How is and, that great? And it's a second. It was cool. Why was it wasn't it great? I don't. I mean, I don't understand that, Vince. I mean, the Super Scroll has been a, a an established villain of the Fantastic Four forever, and it's always been a a well received villain in the superhero universe. So this oh, is why wouldn't it be natural to have will, other Super Scrolls? I will scrolls? give you that. I will give you that. But it's just like bad fanfic. Okay. It's like, as, all right. No, no. Just one second, and then you can you can talk as much as you want. <laughs> Why? Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Super Scroll 
had the powers of the Fantastic Four, but never went around with a big four on his chest. You know, it, it's not like he had to brand himself and make himself instantly recognizable as, hello, I have the power of the entire Fantastic Four. Can't you tell by looking at me? That's what I see when I look at that Wolverine thing. Oh, look, he's got the power of three of the X-Men. Woo! That's, it's like, why would anybody who's trying to get an, a strategic advantage over a foe dress themselves like that and announce exactly what they're going to do to you? He's well, wait a minute. Again, then that gets. Then why would any superhero wear spandex tights that are brightly colored and have a cape? I mean, that's because they are individual entities among themselves that have to have. They have to have an identity. Superman has to look like that. Right. I mean, so that's you can, your answer to your own question. All of these they, scrolls are. It's silly. They, there's it's ten silly. super scrolls now, so they have to differentiate them. I, I saw one. There's an eternal super scroll. Right. Oh my God, that is it's insane. How do you I don't you... understand why there's a problem with this? It's it's I mean I don't it just doesn't make any sense to me why there's a, bi- a biological entity can take the powers of a of gods just because they can <laughs> Wait a change minute. really <laughs> just We're talking about can... superheroes here. We're no, talking no, no, about no 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 we're talking about logic here. I, so, I wait, can... Since when do the laws of physics pertain to the superhero universe? We're talking about a world that we read where people do things that by no means would ever be possible. And now you're saying... Well, I would I like it to make sense a little bit. It's kind of like the, the problem I had with Civil War with the Thor thing. I'm, not, I'm just not following you. I don't, how, I mean, how, do you, how do you clone a god? How do you even get... They didn't. Right, but I'm, I'm just saying we thought they did. But okay. It, it, how right, now, how right, do you wait, wait, mimic wait, wait, wait. the powers of a god? You talking about the Eternals? Yeah. Okay. In New Avengers, and and to as far as incomprehensible or what it has to tie into, I would think if Bendis is writing the main mini, that you might that one might want to check out any issues, especially since the first issue started with the two Avengers teams meeting. That you might want to check out. I would think that anything might spill into the Avengers books, but. In New Avengers, the scientists told the Empress how they're able to do this. They were able to do things based on... Remember the Illuminati miniseries? And in the first issue, they were captured by the Skrulls? Sure do. Okay. The, the scientists were able to, by using the hero's DNA, because they had the first mutant in Namor, they had Reed Richards, who... Thanks to cosmic rays, his body's been altered. They had another mutant with Xavier. They had they had Tony Stark, who's just smart. They had a magician. So they had they they, they had well, I don't they even had, want to say the essence, but they had they had the abilities of these characters. Now, if you're reading Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy, their headquarters, spoilers, is in the disembodied head of a celestial. Kind of cool. It's the best headquarters ever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, since the Guardians of the Galaxy are in space and you've had the Super Scroll affiliated with Annihilation, and of course, you know, you had the Kree involved in Annihilation and the Conquest and everything, I, I would think that somewhere along the lines, the Scrolls might have also come across a godlike being where they could also extract DNA, so just to put it bluntly. They got DNA from every hero in the Marvel Universe. 
Well, remember, they've been doing this for 20 years. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. They've been doing this since, they've, they've been doing this since before Burn, Burn's FF. I, I got to say, and, I mean, I, I, I don't understand the, 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 the skepticism, but it's only because I can see if you just want to disavow all superhero comics. But no, I mean, no, 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 I'm not. I do not disavow all superhero comics. Well, no, but comics. see, that's why I understand the criticism, because, I it's, mean... It's silly. Okay, but we're talking about a universe where, let's, I mean, you know, Batman should never be able to even be on the same... No, 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 no I'm saying, no, no, I'm, I'm just listening to me here. Like, okay. let's see. Let, let, let's stay with Marvel. You know, there's no reason ever that Daredevil should be able to, you know, Daredevil's a normal human being and he's blind, right? So if he actually ever fought someone that's theoretically, you know, godlike in his powers, if you want to actually be logical about it, he would get killed in two seconds. I can right? suspend my Batman disbelief. can't fight Orion or Darkseid, I mean, but he's fought him in his comic. But in the reality is Batman's a human being. If Darkseid, who's supposed to be a god and, you know, and, and nearly omnipotent, could th- he should be able to kill Batman in two seconds and it'd be over. But obviously it's Batman, so they find a way for him to outsmart the mighty Darkseid. It's all part of being a comic book fan is suspension of disbelief. And I, I do mean, suspend my disbelief. I can believe a man can come from another planet, gain powers just because he's in proximity with our son, and be the, the, the most godlike hero on that universe's version of Earth. But I cannot believe that the Skrulls concocted a plan for 20 years okay, to take why, DNA why? Because, from... because they've been played as a goof for so oh, long? No, 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 no. It's just silly. It's deus ex machina. It's this magic explanation that's supposed to set the tone for this incredibly large series. It, but it, it doesn't it, it make just, sense. It just started. We don't... Yeah, I don't understand. No, They're not it's, it's, But it's still the reason for this series. Is what I'm saying. The explanation going into Secret Invasion is the Skrull have DNA on everybody, and they can. The Skrulls the... want Earth. That's 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 the main motivation. The, fact, the Skrulls want the planet. Okay, well, the heroes are in reason. the way. Right. So we we going back to, oh man, going back to Breakout, going back to the first New Avengers storyline. We're going to start to find out now. When, when recently things were put into place, or, or just how recent we weren't, we didn't see what was in front of us. Like, remember Sauron breathing fire, or you know, um, Wolverine not knowing, not knowing who Spider Woman was. You know, so we didn't know, you know, whether his senses were screwed up or what, what was really going on. Or in recent issues of Mighty Avengers, where all of a sudden Spider Woman has this new power, so they can evade Doctor Doom, and. There are just there have been clues, and we're finding things out. And and I mean I'm not I'm not throwing my arms up in the air, going oh my god, explain this now. I'm waiting for it to play out. I, I understand that, but there's a reason why the there's an expression. Uh, Hindsight is twenty twenty. The easiest thing to do is to go pick a bunch of events out of twenty years worth of Marvel continuity and explain it with something like, "The Skrulls had our DNA." It's just I, I'm not no, no, not, no, no. I'm not, so not you don't do. you don't, you don't no, think no, this no. is a way for Marvel to maybe kind of extend their life without rebooting their entire universe. Right. If, I was going to say the they, easiest thing to do is to have a crisis and have Superboy Prime bang on a magic wall and then yeah, I wasn't that, even going there. That create a retcon. Go, all the stupid uh, things that, that happened. That, in I, I'll give you that. That that was incredibly stupid, and I I made it clear that I thought it was incredibly I hate stupid. events. I do too, but what, I, what I'm saying is, aside from the fact that this whole thing is concocted to sell as many comics as possible, which is what they should be doing, let's be honest. I was going to say, that's good it's by just, me. 
right it's just it's it's in in my opinion coming from a person who likes to read comic books and likes a story it's nutty it's just well, crazy the, to me. Know, that, the, right. the, the weirdest thing about Secret Invasion to me is who are the Skrulls a classic villain of? The Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Yeah. What's the what's the like one main series in Marvel that Secret well, Invasion okay. isn't if, really touching right now? If Fantastic Four was good, isn't that then weird? maybe, maybe that it would. Well, well, no, it's a, not. No, it's not. Because all we're doing right now or is Wade. Yeah. We're, we're writing Great, Fantastic Four, then maybe it could tie in. But the fact that you went from JMS, who I think mm-hmm. killed the title during Civil War, and now we have a Miller Hitch series oh. that I just want to wash my Worst hands off. There's a reason I'll, why. I'll tell you. Just can I interrupt for one second? Absolutely. I'll tell you. For as, as lackluster as the JMS series was, it's a million times yes. better than oh, the yeah. show so that they're serving so now. True. Absolutely. I'll tell you, Mark Miller is the most, I hope you're listening, Mark, somewhere, somehow, most overrated mainstream writer Right. Possibly ever. Let, let's not hate. Let's just say you don't. No, I'm hating. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's not good to hate. Karma just, is a bitch. Yeah, and it's it. not on our forum hey, yet. But yes, see, it's a bitch. this is this is what happens when. Our, and, and by the way, thank you guys for uh, for uh, postponing a day because I wasn't available yesterday. So this is what happens whenever uh, whenever we record on Thursday. We're we're in the week and we're bitter now. And yeah, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and and I'm I'm not trying to take away from anybody who likes Marvel Comics. God bless you. Go spend a million dollars on the things. I just like I, I, a little bit of inventiveness in my books. And and tacking everything on a scroll plan to extract DNA from every hero is just it's weak. It, it's like Bendis or whoever came up with this thing raided. The garbage cans from every high school lunchroom in the country. And, oh, dude, wouldn't it be cool if, like, the Scrawls did everything and made heroes into oh, Wolverine with, like, Cyclops' visor? It's stupid. It doesn't you are, make sense. You, you are making Pat like a weak right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, like, what well, Pat's... Pat, I, 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 love, I love Pat, and I love you Two guys, too. But it, it's just, it's silly. It's silliness. I and if you, I, See, I, I, I don't. I just don't. I don't. I guess I just don't. Don't buy into the skepticism. I don't understand why. I just I mean, don't. I don't, just don't think it's especially for a guy who loves Kirby. I mean, I don't. The, Jack would have left this scrap on the drawing well, floor. You know, uh, more, more <laughs> my part, and I, I don't have a problem with the multi-powered scrolls and and that kind of stuff. I actually, you know, re- after reading the the Captain Britain um, issue, I saw how much fun you can have with it um, if it, if it's handled right. My, my problem is that it was a secret invasion, and I feel like half of the universe is still dealing with a subversive invasion that nobody knows about and. And then in other books, it's an all-out war. And so, you know, big events, you know, part of it, and I hate I hate cross, you know, um, continuity across all the titles, but right now it seems very disjointed. I, I feel like what's going on in Avengers is not mirroring what's going on in the rest of the universe. And I hate being a continuity nerd. Uh, that stuff pisses me off usually. Uh, I can but it's, 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 it's the timing on this, and it's been a staple of Bendis the last like three years is that a lot of the stuff he's writing is pretty good, but the timing on releases, it makes it, uh, you know, I said incomprehensible earlier and unfortunately I was being serious. It's really hard to follow this event right now because it doesn't feel like stuff is happening at the right time. And I think that has a lot to do with the artists that, that have worked on his books in the past. And I, yeah, 
lately? You know, you know what? I don't care if the guy paints well, and I'm talking about Secret, uh, whatever it is, uh, was it, uh, shit, what, Secret War. Um, you know what? Yeah. If, if you're, if you're going to do, if you're going to do, do if you, and yeah. I like his stuff, you know, and it, this goes for artists across the board and editors, I hope they're starting to understand this. If you're going to do a big event, that's going to cross over multiple titles, get the lunch pail guys. And you know what? It may not be the prettiest art that you've ever seen, but we're telling a story to sell books, get them out on time. Well, that's why Bagley is, is considered, yep. you know, I think is stars rising because you have a guy now that is going to be putting out what I think for 14 pages, uh, a, a weekly book for a whole year, 14 yep. pages an issue. And you know what? He will not miss a deadline. He oh, will not miss like a deadline. The 11th issue? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and uh, I know some people say you know Bagley's not their cup of tea, and, and I, I happen to like him. I like his style, but no matter what you say about the guy, he is he is a solid he's a solid storyteller. His pencils are you know pretty mainstream, so I don't I don't know that if you're into superhero comics, I can't say that you would hate the guy's style even if it's not your favorite. And he gets stuff out. Yep. I mean, think about Mighty Avengers. He did two issues in Mighty. Aven- he you know that book was a month and a half behind schedule. They brought Bagley in for two issues and a bright back on schedule. I mean, I don't know how the guy does it, but why can't more people do that? You can almost say that it's you can almost say that it's a case of elitism on the part of the people producing these comics, where they're they're infusing this work with an importance that it shouldn't have. Yes, it is art, but it's also product. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have product to sell, there you go. There you go. Well, I mean, all this chatter about the you know the the. And, and I still say it's you know it's just because it's in Rich Johnson's column doesn't mean it's true. But obviously there's a lot of talk on the boards this week that uh, already they're talking about Shane Davis is going to do some fill-in pages on Final, Final Crisis. Crisis. That's and not a problem. It, I don't think it is either. But I mean you know there are people are up in arms, and I said, well, first of all, you know let's let's not just be. I mean the first issue hasn't hit yet, so let's not start screaming an effigy before a series has even mm-hmm. been published. But second of all. Um, you know, I mean, I think the one criticism for for certain artists, and, and I don't know if JG deserves this, but I think, um, you know, there. Are, I just think this is the latest case of it. Exactly that, Vince. I mean, some of these guys are great artists, but you know, I, I just think they need to take a lesson from what came before them. I mean, the legends put stuff out prodigiously. They didn't just draw well, but they did it fast and they hit their deadlines. And I think that should matter. And unfortunately, it's not going to matter until editors start making it matter. And a, and a, and a, right, you're right. And at and one time, yeah, I mean, supposedly DC has this new policy, you know, which I know Mike Norton, you know, said he he hasn't heard about this policy officially, so he doesn't even know if it exists. But you know, supposedly they have this policy now, where if you know, no matter who you are as an artist, if you're late, you know, X number of times, you're going to lose books. Now, right. I I still don't buy that. I'm sorry. I think if you're a name enough artist, and there's not enough, you know, out there that are names and that sell books on their, you know, I think these guys are going to get chances to be late. But you know, I I for me, um, I I would rather have a book. Especially an event book, you know, where, where timing does matter, just put it out on time. If you have to have a replacement artist, go ahead and do it. All I ask is that don't make the style so different that it takes right. me out of the story. You and, know? But, and, but and in, David, David will like this comment is that if you if you pair up artists that have a, a similar, if not exact style, a similar style, mm-hmm. and you get a consistent inker on there, that <laughs> I mean. That can make a huge difference, and you can. Epting and Perkins, can, perfect example. Yep, yep. Captain America, you, right? Yep, you have you have the same anchor um, doing doing artists that have similar styles, and most readers will never know the difference. But you see, in my opinion, next to Alan Moore, 
Morrison is the sharpest tr tool in the comic book drawer. Why, knowing that he's going into this incredibly volatile miniseries that hinges, that are, are, I'm sorry, a lot of books are hinged on this, why not craft the tale in a way where there are segments within the big picture and give those segments to different artists? He did it with Seven Soldiers. To why be not fair, they're, I mean, they're contending, again, to be fair, that that Final Crisis is really standalone, that it really doesn't... Even I mean, better. Tending, but, but I don't... But I mean, I won't believe that until I see it, but that is their contention. I mean, I, so, give the first four pages to, to, to Williams. Give the next four pages to, I don't know, pick a name, and the, and the next four pages to another artist, and have them work on their chunk for issues one, two, three, and get the shit oh. done. Put it together and write it in a way where it makes sense that the visuals change based on what do it in chapters jack did shit in chapters it worked for him why can't these guys do it i mean it's it's just product get it out well, again i mean not to harp on final crisis because I, like i said I, I do think that since the book hasn't actually hit the stands yet you know as far as i know jg <laughs> jones week. yeah but i'm saying as far as i know jg jones really hasn't missed a deadline right so yep. i mean i think it's kind of unfair right. to everyone be what, you know talking this what? up but Hey, yeah. it's the internet age. You're supposed to complain about stuff. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, it remains to be seen whether he's going to make a deadline. And if he doesn't, put the the pinch hitter in. There's nothing wrong with that. There's mm -hmm. no there's no shame in getting a book out on time. Yeah. No, it just has to do with royalties when it's collected, and now you have you now have to split the money oh, well. with someone else. Well, these are big corporations. I mean, I think they can handle. And accounts payable to more than one person. Slipping, I mean, seriously. There you go. I mean, slipping in the capitalist pig mode. Well, I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, they're they're used to paying how many artists a month as it is. I mean, DC DC puts out three hundred and twelve books a month, so I'm sure they're used to uh, to uh, paying a lot of people different amounts of royalties. So, yeah. not a but, problem. Are we allowed to talk about Gene Colon yet, Vince, or is it still not? Are we allowed? I'm not the arbiter. <laughs> well, I tried to bring it up before, and you said, no, no, no. Yeah, well, I, just, I, I was, I was so jazzed. I you, you, you smacked wood back into the closet, man. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, I was jazzed about the House of Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should take a backseat to Gene. <laughs> well, so you guys know, I mean, I think you guys have talked about this before um, one of the two episodes I wasn't on, but obviously Gene is, is not doing well. Right. And um, I'm happy to say, you know, in the last few weeks, there have been a lot of efforts cropping up to support him. And I know we're all in favor of that. Um, I know that uh, there's going to be a, a high-end auction of stuff uh, through Comic Link, which is, for those aren't not familiar, ComicLink.com is a, you know, they, they sell high-end uh, books and art. Um, mm -hmm. So they're going to be doing an auction. I think you can go to ComicLink.com for the details. And I think just, what was it, yesterday, the day before, and I think... Vince, you might, someone posted on on the eleven o'clock forums, but um, there has been an announcement where Marvel is partnering with the Hero Initiative on a number of things. There's going to be, I think, an exclusive two hundred um, two hundred print run of a, an exclusive poster that's going to be available. It was at Royal Chicago, which I think you guys are all going to be at. And, there's uh, a, it's it's an Iron Man print that's going to be mm -hmm. available in Philadelphia, and then oh, in Philly, okay. And then a Daredevil print that'll be available in Chicago, and then a Tomb of Dracula print, which will be available later this year. Right. Okay. And then, I mean, tying all that in together, although I, this hasn't been announced yet, I, I was pretty much lost my mind with excitement when they, um, when the Marvel, the Marvel solicits came out this week because Tomb of Dracula Omnibus is uh, being solicited, yeah. and uh, I, I'm, I, I'm absolutely giddy about that. Now, 
I'm sure the timing is not coincidental. The one thing I, as far as I know, there is no direct financial benefit to Gene from this omnibus. But there I mean, I'd lo- I'd like to think that, from what I understand, Marvel's looking to do a lot of things here to to help him out. So I'd like to, I'd at least like to hope that they do something where they throw at least a couple bucks his way for everyone that's sold, because I think that would really go a long way. But yeah. but I'll, either way, I'll, be- I'll bet you, I'll bet you there'll be some. Uh, There'll be some Gene Colan and, and Marv Wolfman autographed omnibuses that are going to be hitting auction. I'll almost yeah. guarantee you that. Um, you know, I actually want to talk about that omnibus for for a second with you, because I think that you'll agree with me. Um, I, I saw a few on a few forums that people were like, "Oh, I like Colan's work better in black and white," and those stories. I think if you're going to read them, pick up the uh, the essentials, which which are great. The Tomb of Dracula essentials are are fantastic, but I, th- I think one of the things that people forget about or overlook in the omnibuses is the amount of recoloring work. That, yeah, exactly. That's been done, and mm-hmm. it, when when you can use a more modern palette and not not be um, confined to the whether they have like six colors to use um, whenever whenever Tomb of Dracula was being uh, was being colored originally. I have a feeling that the recolors on this omnibus are going to be amazing. So I can't wait to look at this stuff in color again for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm completely with you, um, Chris. I mean, you know, I think I've, I'm on record as not being a huge fan of, of the essentials. Not again. I just, it's they're just not for me. I, I, I think they're mm-hmm. great in that they let people get an affordable chance to read, you know, old stuff they'd never get their hands on. But just for me, um, you know, I like the stuff in its original. At least, you know, if it's supposed to be colorized, I'd rather see it colorized. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. A lot of people have kind of pointed, said to me when I was so excited about this that yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's better in black and white. And, and uh, I'm with you. I mean, I. I don't know for sure what it's going to look like because we haven't seen it yet. But I, I'm under the I'm under the assumption that this is going to be a recolored, um, you know, omnibus. And if that's true, I, I think this is probably the the most no brainer omnibus that Marvel's put out from from my perspective. I can't wait for it. So, we yeah, I'm have, with you. Um, we we have one of the uh, one of the uh, restoration colors from Marvel was here in, in Chicago. Uh, his name is Wesley Wong, and and talked to him. Uh, several months ago, I think he was working on some of the some of the Thor stuff for the Masterworks line. But he had, I believe, recolored the Uncanny X Men uh, omnibus that came out, and mm-hmm. he sent me some before and after pages, like the as, as it was originally printed, and then the mm-hmm. recoloring work that they had done. And it is a huge difference. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marvel's painstakingly recoloring these things and and i'm, I'm uh, taking my hat off to them for for doing such a nice job with them because they could just they could roll them out with the same original yeah coloring, and they're they're spending a lot of time and money to do that and do it right i agree and just before we sorry just one last thing and then we can but just relative to the colon i maybe you guys know i can't remember now off the top of my head but there is a guy that's been really spearheading this um uh, he's Cl- got a blog clifford, clifford mess, clifford mess? There you mm-hmm. go, yeah. Because you can go right. You can go to his blog, and he's been keeping it. And, and he's, I know he's setting up another auction um, of a bunch of stuff as well. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, for people that can, have, you know, that have the money to spare and and want to help out. I mean, to me, you know, being a Marvel guy, Colin is one of the, you know, he's he's in that pantheon of of he's all time important. Yeah, so. scene, man. We've got a we've got a sticky thread at aroundcomics.com on our forum that. Uh, um, 
talks about how, how Gene and Adrian need some help, and there's information in that thread on how you can PayPal them directly uh, if you would like to help them out, and it also has all the auction information, which I'm really ready for this auction to get started because I can't wait to yeah. see what's going to be available there. And uh, so, you know, just uh, keep Gene in your, in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. He, he's one of, the, one of the great ones. What I would like to see is Marvel take a, a look at the initial orders on the Tomb of Dracula omnibus mm-hmm. and give Gene a kickback based on the amount of copies sold and publicize the fact that they would do that to generate... I'm echoing. Isn't that cool? To generate interest in the book, which would hopefully light a fire under a lot of people's backsides to buy the damn thing. So we'll yeah. drum up orders by saying a par- portion of these proceeds go to the Gene Colon uh, emergency fund or whatever you want to call it. And let's get this book out there and sell a lot of copies. So not only does Gene get money that he needs, but a lot of comic book fans who were not aware of this stuff or maybe passed it over or were too young to have read it when it first came out could experience one of the best titles Marvel has ever published. Agreed. And, 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 and conversely, for the distinguished competition, so the guys down the street, he's done, he's, he did the Nathaniel Dusk miniseries, mm-hmm. as Dave Wendorf pointed out, but he also Night worked Force. on Batman and Detective. He did Night Force. He had a Batman movie coming out. So yeah. why not reprint some of those Batman and Detective tales? Mm. See if anybody might be interested in some of those. I mean, That's you know, he's, he's done work for more than just Marvel, and, and I mean, and I'm not saying that no Marvel shouldn't do something. I mean, everybody should do something. He's brought a lot of people, plenty of entertainment, plenty of enjoyment. That there's mm-hmm. no re- he, and and I'm not. I mean, I've never met. I I haven't met everybody. That's affected me. I, I, I haven't met Alan Davis yet. I haven't. I, I mean, I got to say hi to Matt Wagner. You know, I, I, I get to speak to Andy Parks. There's, there, there are a lot of char- there are a lot of creators that I never got to do anything beyond an email to. Gene Colan last year in New York got to shake his hand, got to say thank you, got a Howard the Duck sketch, got an aut- got him uh, got an autograph on on, a, on an old copy of a Daredevil issue that I bought at the convention. So he is one of. The, I mean, he is a sweetheart. He, there, there really are so few people in comic books today that are as genuinely nice as Gene Colan. He's the anti-Rags Morales. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better ambassador comics, and he's he's, he's the dean, man. Yeah, there's a reason why. Yep. Nice. And not only is he incredibly gifted, but to work with a group of like likewise incredibly gifted artists like Kirby and he he was producing stuff uh, concurrent to Ditko and Basima and to stand out from that pack mm-hmm. with a completely original style yet competitive to what they were doing in terms of you know artistic integrity the guy's just a force and and in in that regard you know he worked with a lot of the guys that were starting with Marvel in, in, in the 60s and 70s and, and worked with DC in the 80s. And, mm-hmm. and even recently, he's worked with Bendis and Brubaker, both on Daredevil. I mean, he's, he has been around for a long, long time. Yep. <laughs> well, it's amazing about uh, Gene's career is that uh, if you look at it, there was about uh, the 
like two five-year periods in his career where he wasn't in comics at all for for a couple different reasons. I think um, one of them was a, a fight with editorial, and another one was uh, just a, a, a terrible downturn in the industry. And so, you know, that that's a, a big regret is that you know we missed out on like. 10 years of, of his prime work. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Ted Williams uh, missing, you know, like four years of his prime career, you know, because of the war. I mean, Colin didn't work in comics for like 10 years. But, how, mm-hmm. how do you repay a guy? And I, I can only speak in terms of myself, but whenever I see a Colin page, no matter what it's from, Daredevil, Dark, um, Night Force, I'm sorry, Howard, I can I'm instantly transported back to the time when I was a kid reading comic books on our back porch in the middle of the summer because I was a huge Colin fan back in the day and I I look at his pages and bam in a second I'm I'm just back there I feel like I'm 10 years old again every time I look at his art how do you give this guy back how do you recompensate this guy for what he's given me it's impossible yeah. it, it it's just I could never do it he the guy I would not be the person I am without Gene Colan or Jack Kirby, but Gene had 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 an influence on me as I would say as much as Jack. Mm-hmm. And it's just right. he brought a cinematic aspect to comics that, that they didn't have. Fluid, um, yeah, yeah. But just yep. just even if he was the 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 most uh, you know unapproachable person in the world, he is still given me a part of who I am. So I just, I could give the guy a million dollars and never, you know, approximate what he means to me. It's just, it's impossible to do. So everybody whose gene has touched should just get out there and let's give the guy something back. Here's here's your, your gene colon trivia for the day. Um, Does anybody know the pseudonym that he, that he worked under? Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, mm. Oh, damn it. Come on, Wood. You should know. I, I don't know it, buddy. I don't know. It's it. Adam Austin. Oh, okay. It, it's it's almost as good as uh, as Denny O'Neill's, which was yeah, Shamus Yes, it was. It, was it Seamus O'Shaughnessy or Sergio <laughs> O'Shaughnessy, whatever it was? <sighs> it, it cracks me up that you know these guys worked back in a time when you had to have like a fake name so you can work at the other company. Man. So shows you how far we come, hopefully. Go give Gene Cole the money. Yep. We are over time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, for good reason. Had, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we we had to we had to end it on a nice note after that big fucking <laughs> bitch session. I. I, I <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Vincent Chris. Way to bring us down, man. <laughs> I guess that was kind of my fault, wasn't it? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, you you were the one that can easily see, take blame. Yeah, but 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 Chris is more neutral. So when he he threw out the whole incomprehensible, that gave just that was like kerosene <laughs> on the fire for Vince. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's I, too I, long, too. I'm going for it. I'm diving in. Uh, <laughs> and who's the one with the Marvel show? Damn, what? All right. You see, I love comic books. I really do. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, we're I, not. I, we're not. No, no. Save it for next not week. Not going back to hey, the forum. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll save Captain it. Captain America is still about the best book on the shelves, baby. And the character's yeah. dead. character's I, not even in it. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's not even close. Awesome. He's oh, <laughs> talking about Marvel books right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> All I'll right, tell folks. you what. Remender could kick Brubaker's ass on a page. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, that's, I don't know about that, but we'll see. I don't know, dude. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe it's the beer. I don't know. I, I think Brubaker's <laughs> Ru- oh, got a longer reach. Yeah. And he's got yeah, the hat. Speaking of beer, you know what I'm fucking drinking tonight? What's that? This was, I'll post a picture of it on the forum. It was waiting for me on the coffee table when I got home the other day. I've had a couple of bottles in the fridge waiting for tonight. A friend of ours, she saw it at the supermarket. She told Renee about it. And so Renee says, well, you got to bring him a bottle. He's got to try it. He's got to see it. She ends up bringing me a six-pack. The name of the beer is Hebrew. <laughs> and it's not bad. It's a light. It's a light. Ale, it's a light amber ale, but it's it, it's not bad. I'm not a big beer drinker, but this is pretty good. I heard it repeats on you though. <laughs> Come on, that was a good one. <laughs> hey, well, just before we go, are you guys? Uh, what's I see a lot of you chatting about this uh, Wizard World Chicago. Is when is that mm-hmm. coming up? When is it that? is June 27th, 28th, oh, okay. and 29th. And you guys are all going? I'll be there. As of right now, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know about all, but okay. Uh, oh, you're, you're not going uh, to? Uh, no, David. We're, 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 <laughs> Depends we, on who we're, you ask, buddy. Yeah, if you ask me, David's going. Gotcha. If you ask anybody on our forum, David is going. So we'll see so how, how about, that works. How about so. you, Wood? You, you planning on making a trip out? Uh, you know, I, I'm not, actually. I, I've... I've Never thought of going in, until I saw you guys chatting about it, but uh, oh, no, I, I don't think I'm going. Wizard World is awesome. No, it, no it, this will be a good show. Next year, I think, will be even better. It's not so much the show, though. No, it, definitely it, it's, not. It's the camaraderie. David yeah. and I have talked about this many times. Yeah. You, go to, you go to a convention at, say, the Javits Center. You go to the convention. You go back to your room. Everybody separates. At the Wizard World show, you stay at the convention. Because mm-hmm. it's in the hotel. It's and awesome. Hang, and you're hanging out with your friends. No other so it's like Pittsburgh Con or, yeah. Yep. It, it, no, that, no, 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 it's not like Pittsburgh. It's Chicago. No, 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 I don't mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean in scope. No, no, I just mean that, uh, that, and I haven't been to Pittsburgh either, but people rave about Pittsburgh because of that same reason that it's in the hotel. So yeah. it's all very self-contained. Well, it, it's the good thing and bad thing about that show is that it, it is it is out of Chicago. It's out in a suburb, a near suburb, in between the mm-hmm. airport and the city. And so you don't get to actually see Chicago whenever you're at the Chicago show, but everyone is kind of sequestered out there, so the parties are pretty good. Yeah, I've heard that, uh, I mean, by reputation, I've, I've heard that Chicago, because it's a wizard event, has kind of been a little bit on the, the downslope in terms of artist participation. Is that not an accurate... Mm-hmm. Portrayal no, things? I wouldn't. No, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that's right. It, it depends. It depends on on who you're talking about. Um, you, they're very good at bringing in top talent um, mm-hmm. as far as like sales, and they use top talent in any sales capacity. Um, but it, it's like the you know like a lot of like the image guys that I love and and you know. Uh, love their work and and like them as people um i think i think several of them are opting for heroes con this year instead of mm-hmm. wizard so um oh, are they the yeah. same weekend uh they're one they're very close yeah they're one okay. week apart so because i might go to heroes actually i was um, thinking about he- that heroes yeah. is a con that i would like to go to one day i i it's not gonna be this year it's definitely a con i'd like to go to one day but um you know, Chicago has a lot, of, and and the guest list is is growing by leaps and bounds. It feels mm-hmm. like for Chicago because they just recently announced Olivier Coipel. You got Umberto mm. Ramos going. You have um, 
you got Gail Simone, uh, right? Greg Rucka, just and, and Bendis, who never comes out during the summer because his daughter is out of school. I mean, you have Warren you have, Ellis, Warren Ellis is going to be there this year. You're going to have probably, I'm sure Jeff Johns is going to be there. Dave, Woo-hoo. a couple of years we've seen like Jim Starlin, Ethan Van Skyver, Michael Turner, Rob Liefeld, Aaron uh, Pratt Wagner, Stern mm-hmm. Parks. I mean, you know, you got and and you got like you know a lot of the local Chicago guys like Norton, like Dialar Studio, who's mm-hmm. coming in from San Diego. As far as Pat is concerned, mm-hmm. I, you just you have it's Uncle I Sal. Think, I think it's a very friendly Dave Wachter, a very friendly mm-hmm. art for artists in mm-hmm. my my feeling. Pat Loica. Hey, it's an awesome show. Yeah, yeah, you always see guys like you know Mike Norton and uh, um, Don Kramer, who are local guy, right? Yeah, Sean. Um, yeah, B Claymore will be there. So Hester, Andy oh, I just read a B Claymore comic before we got on the air. Oh, Casey Blue. Uh, no, seventy six. Oh, I read the first issue of that. Yeah, we'll have to awesome. talk about that next week. Yeah, cool. running long. Okay. Right. Yeah, we, yeah, we got Vince doing the roundup sign. Yeah, maybe if we trim my. F- in, uh, in, uh, no, Secret Invasion rant. You have enough time. But, Send it to uh, me. I'll put it on Marvel Boys. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being with us this this fourth episode, and uh, we hope you'll return for the fifth. We'll be the same, you know, four uh, lovable guys. Drunk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was sober this week. I, was- I, I, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, I, one of the things I'm looking most forward about hanging out with you guys is that you all like to drink because because uh, too too many uh, too many like of the other comic beer. geeks don't really like to throw it back. I loves my beer, and I loves my beer as well. So, well, I've drank, I've had, I've gotten drunk with you, Vince, but but yeah. not uh, not with the other two gentlemen there. Right. Well, all you have to do is meet me. So. Nice. <laughs> it's, kind of a, it's kind of a natural state. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't really meet Chris when he's sober. <laughs> Excellent. All right, All right, boys. Well, you guys have have great uh, a great week of uh, comics reading and uh, yeah. and peace. Otherwise, and meet meet us back here next week at eleven o'clock. We'll be here waiting. Bye. Bye. Bye.